welcome to Mind Witchery. I'm your host, Natalie Miller, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, welcome. I'm so happy to teach you today a spell to banish self-loathing. This spell is actually inspired by several conversations that I've had lately with just extraordinary, exceptional people. My friends in this world are extraordinary, exceptional people. My clients are stars, every one of them. And yet I find that these extraordinary, exceptional people, some of them, struggle sometimes with deep self-judgment around certain aspects of their selves, certain aspects of their personalities or of how they show up in the world. I, I have a very simple approach for this. And this simple approach comes from, I guess, a couple of philosophical stances that I'll, I'll talk about in a moment. But let me, let me share with you the spell first. So the spell to banish self-loathing is this. All parts of me are welcome. All parts of me are welcome. And then I like to play with that last word a little bit to kind of spread it out into its components and to say, all parts of me are well come. They come with a reason. They come with a desire to help. They come with a response to something that's happening in my life, in the world, around me, in my own self. All parts of me are welcome. So this means that my procrastinator, the one who is always putting things off to the last minute, she is welcome. This means that my jealous streak, it's welcome. This means that my impatient one, the part of me that just wants things to go faster, is welcome. This means that my angry one, my anger, my anger is welcome. All parts of me are welcome. The part of me that makes a mess is welcome. The part of me that overcommits is welcome. All parts of me are welcome. Of course, I need to put one little asterisk on this. I am, of course, a coach and not a therapist. So if there is a part of you that wishes to cause harm, bodily harm, financial harm, if there is a part of you 
that is not well come, that is coming with a destructive intention, please get help from a mental health professional in learning to be with that part of yourself, learning to heal and care for that part of yourself. What I'm talking about are the parts of ourselves that get in the way, the parts of ourselves that annoy us, the parts of ourselves that we just wish we weren't that way. We wish we weren't messy. We wish we didn't wait to the last minute. We wish we weren't late all the time, showing up late. <laughs> we wish that we weren't so jealous or regretful or self-conscious or shy or, or, or. There are so many aspects of ourselves that we criticize and judge and that we wish we could banish. What I'm saying instead is that rather than banishing those parts of ourselves, let's banish the loathing of them. I've talked before about how I love Song of Myself. It's um, a poem, a long poem by Walt Whitman, and there is a line in that poem that I quote all the time. It says, Do I contradict myself? Very well, then, I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. I love this idea of the multitudinous self. There are so many aspects of you, so many aspects of me. As I was describing them before, you know, alongside the procrastinator that lives in me, there is also an achiever. Alongside the one that shows up late is one that shows up generously. Alongside the one who gets jealous is the one who dreams big and goes for her dreams. Do I contradict myself? I do. There are lots of selves living in me. And when I believe that all parts of me are welcome, then I'm less interested in exorcising or excising in like cutting parts out or off in banishing aspects of myself. And I'm more interested in figuring out why they're here and what they offer. So I want to give just a couple of examples of how you might do this here. For me, my procrastinator was such a loathsome part of me <laughs> for a long, long, long time. I did not like this one who put things off to the last minute. I found her so frustrating and, and she, she caused a lot of stress by putting things off to the last minute. 
But I learned in, in my 30s to stop criticizing procrastination and this inner procrastinator and to instead get really curious about it, to befriend her. So instead of wishing I weren't that way, I wondered why, why am I that way? And I discovered all kinds of things. I discovered, for example, that the way that I work, especially when I'm doing creative work, when I need to write or record or make something, it doesn't happen on a schedule for me. I'm inspired to create and then I create. I can't sort of say, oh, yeah, Monday is the day that I write. Maybe I'll write on Monday if Monday is a day that I'm inspired to do so. So my inner procrastinator chafed against any kind of attempt at scheduling, really chafed against deadlines, did not like deadlines. She was welcome, though. She came with a message. She came to say, hey, this doesn't work for us. We don't work on a schedule. We work well. We create well when we are inspired. And so now I know, and it's, um, I make jokes about it. <laughs> now I know when I am inspired to create I need to create right then and there. So if it is a Monday afternoon and I have an idea or I'm inspired to work on a project or I'm inspired to write, I need to heed that impulse. And what I find is that by the time now that a deadline comes around, much of a project is already completed because all along I've been taking advantage of those moments of inspiration. I have stopped trying to impose work schedules on myself. They just don't work for me. They only inhibit the way that I create. And I really believe that that was a huge sort of message from my inner procrastinator. She was like, hey, this this isn't we suffer when we try to work on a schedule when we are free to create as we like we're much happier my inner procrastinator also often would drag her feet around projects that i wasn't really that interested in so why was she dragging her feet because she was like we don't even really want to do this and that's helpful, too. It's helpful to know that. So rather than looking at her as like this bitch who's bringing me down, I can look at her as an ally, as a part of myself who is helping me to figure out how and what I do best in the world. Another one that I think is an interesting one to think about is the jealous one. Jealousy is not a fun feeling, that's for sure. 
jealousy is, ugh, it's very, um, it's very prickly, isn't it? But having learned from my own jealous one, having hung out with her, so rather than trying to kind of like shove her down or push her out of myself, I bring her into conversation. Wow, what is going on here? And do you know what I find is behind the jealous one? She just wants more for us. She sees what someone else is doing. She sees what someone else has. And she says, we could have that. The jealous one says, look what's possible in this world. And can't that be possible for us? I notice with the jealous one, it really isn't about the other person. And that actually kind of takes a little bit of the prickliness away. It isn't actually about that person. It's about me. It's about me and about what I really want for myself. I have an amazing client right now, a very creative and bold and clever and just deliciously alive client right now, who in one of our first sessions talked about wanting to banish the messy, the messy part of herself. And, you know, I don't ever really give advice when I'm coaching, but I have to admit, like, (laughs) I was immediately like, no, (laughs) the messy one is so key to your realness and so key to your ability to speak truth and to just be so authentically human, like humanness is messy. So that was, of course, me from the outside. I'm not going to share the conversation that we had, but it turns out when we investigate the messy one, she does indeed have a purpose. There are certain values that she holds, that she really wants to bring forward. So for example, organic creation. The messy one is all about that. The messy one says, yeah, birth is messy. So in upholding those values, that part of my client's self is so instrumental in her work and in the way that she shows up in the world. I talk all the time about how our culture, our white dominant, patriarchal, ableist culture, heteronormative, there's all of the All of the depressing, repressive adjectives that describe our oppressive, in many ways, culture asks us, especially those of us with 
identities that are not structurally empowered by this system asks us to comport ourselves in an edited way, asks us to be smaller and more contained, and certainly to fit into the small boxes available to us. And so you'll notice that the procrastinator who wants to urge me into my own creative rhythm, or the jealous one who wants me to want more, or the messy one who wants my client to just get her shit together and get organized already. Notice that banishing those parts of ourselves helps us more neatly and tidily to fit into the boxes that are available to us. Listen, the parts of ourselves that we are most likely to loathe are the parts of ourselves that expand beyond those boxes. I mean, hell, frankly, those parts of ourselves are the ones to expand beyond the waistband of our pants, right? It's the ones, the parts of ourselves that are asking for more, that want to take up more space, or that want to do things our own way. Oh my gosh, my friend, I am so here to empower and love those parts of ourselves. So when we assume and assert, actually, when we decide that these parts are well-come, meaning they come with good intentions, they come to serve, they come to stand for a particular value, for example, then we might get curious enough to hang out with them we might get curious enough to begin to appreciate some of what they are showing us. And you can do that just through a simple conversation. Why are you here? What do you want? How can I help you? Why are you here? What do you want? How can I help you? How can I support you? I think you'll find that even the most fearsome ones, the rageful parts of ourselves, the impatient parts of ourselves, when we speak to them, when we engage with them, rather than trying to shove them down or push them out, when we invite them in to sit down, we can find that they have messages that are really important and ultimately whole self-honoring. I always used to think that my inner procrastinator stood in the way of my achiever, stood in the way of my creator. She doesn't at all. She helps them. 
she helps them because she insists that our creative process cannot be scheduled. It just can't. So I don't try to do that anymore. I've let that go, thank God, and I don't suffer it anymore. So there are lots and lots of different ways to get to know and welcome and listen to and integrate these various parts of ourselves. I have a little bit of interest and training in internal family systems, and so that is a psychological approach, IFS, internal family systems, if you want to look into that. There's a wonderful book that I've mentioned here before called The Language of Emotion. It's by Carla McLaren. And she gives specific questions for the various emotions that we have. I've mentioned before the questions for anger, which I love. You know, to be an angry woman is so outside of the box that the patriarchy prefers. <laughs> and my goodness, to be an angry black woman, even more so. And then even beyond that, anger is an emotion that our culture really does not do well. <laughs> uh, we, we repress it or we magnify it or it explodes into violence and anger doesn't need to be that way. So, for example, Carla McLaren has questions for the angry one. Beautiful questions that honor that anger isn't necessarily here to be destructive, that actually often the angry one desires protection, desires boundaries, desires justice. So check out that book also, um, The Secret Language of Emotion. One of my favorite ways to engage with the various parts of myself is through a practice called soul collage. So if you ever come hang out with me on retreat or in a workshop, I will likely employ this. So soul collage is a practice where you use imagery to convey various parts of of self. And, and this can be, you know, the, what I love is it's so multitudinous because you'll have aspects of yourself that are beautiful and inspiring. And you're like cards that are just gorgeous. In soul collage, you make cards. I think they're like five by eight. You make small collages that express with images an aspect of you. And then also there will be cards that are so sad or so frightening even and those cards are also beautiful and there's a there's a method that goes along with soul collage of inquiry that helps you to get to know these aspects of yourself so notice that all of these methods involve conversation involve asking questions and listening to the answers it all stems, though, from the spell. All parts of me are welcome. And all 
parts of me are welcome. As we learn, and I really mean we, you and me, because I'm working on this all the time, as we learn to love and honor and support and integrate these parts of ourselves, the sense of peace and power that arises, it's unbelievable. It's extraordinary. It is as extraordinary as you are. You know, perhaps because it is you becoming fully in a celebrated and beloved way, extraordinary, fully yourself. I promise that when you do that, it is such a gift to our whole world. It helps us all to destroy the boxes, the little boxes that keep people small and that keep change from happening. Okay, the spell to banish self-loathing. All parts of me are welcome. And then get to know and listen to and honor and love those parts. When you do it for you, you are doing it for all of us. Thank you so much for listening. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mind Witchery. To catch all the magic I'm offering, please subscribe to the show. Or if you want a little bit of weekly witchiness in your inbox, sign up for my Sunday letter at mindwitchery.com. If today's episode made you think of a friend or loved one, your sister, your neighbor, please tell them about it. We need more magic makers in this troubled world. Like all good things, this podcast is co-created by stellar people. Our music is by fabulous DJ, artist, and producer, Shammy D. Our gorgeous art is by the Sorcerers at New Moon Creative. Mind Witchery is produced in conjunction with Particulate Media, K.O. Myers, executive producer. And I am Natalie Miller. Till next time.